0: What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Jay halim and we are back with another special, special, special... This is special for me, but a special episode of Star of Talk. I always say I had the dopest guests, and uh, you guys find out later on that I'm telling the truth all the time. But for me, this is a special one. Um, You guys are going to enjoy this. Uh, I always... Look, I, I got the pretty women in here that, that made a million dollars and all of that other stuff like that. I have the big business people, everything like that. But this is near to my heart, near and dear to my heart. Y'all know... I never shy away, letting you know I'm from Newark, New Jersey. This is one of the pioneers in my city, in my era of, of you know, being not just, you know, um, all that garbage that we talk about and what our city was known for in that time, but watching people really, you know, saying they want to help the community. This is a brother who actually did it, you know, did it from both sides of, of the spectrum. And um, it's important that we put people like this on display to let people outside of the city know What's really happening, as opposed to the New Jersey drives and the, you know, and all that other nonsense that they talk about with North and the stolen car things. We have some amazing people coming out of the city of North, not just Shaq, not just you know Tisha Campbell and all them other people, but it's people that's there still with their nose to the grindstone and making things happen, and truly legends in our city. And today, um, this brother is is no exception. He definitely fits the bill. Coach, Sean McCray, affectionately known to us in the city and in the South was OG. Word. OG, thanks for coming on, man. Thanks for letting hey, me talk to you. Thanks today. for having me, man. No problem, man. Let's just get right to it, man. So Zoo Crew, me, you know, I was born in Lincoln Street Projects, moved over to Hawthorne mm-hmm. Avenue, early okay. 80s. You know, my parents went to Central. Uh, you know, my all my, uh, my mother's siblings went to Central and Equipment Street. I moved over there. I ended up going to Peshon and um, went to North Tech to play basketball, but ended up going, finishing out a week away. So we're all around what you've been around. I, so I got a chance to see you from a distance being a young cat. But let's talk about the beginning, man. You were a basketball star in your own right, you know, um, coming out of Central and um, coming out of North. So how, how was that transition playing high school ball? And, and, and what was North like at that time coming up in the 70s, early 80s?
1: Uh, well, I mean – I got my first start organized basketball um, going to St. Rocco's. I went to St. Rocco's out of, out of uh, for seventh and eighth grade. Oh, okay. I had got a, I had got a scholarship from Cleveland. They had this program where they were taking, uh, you know, inner city kids and putting them in Catholic school. So I always played sports in my neighborhood. I grew up in Hayes home projects. And um, when I went to uh, St. Rocco's, you know, I got, I tried out for the basketball team. At that time I was about six one, six two already in the seventh wow. grade. Yeah. So I, I tried out for the team. I made the team. And um I had a pretty good two years at St. Rocco's and then I got another scholarship, academic scholarship, to go to St. Benedict's. Wow. So I went to Saint yeah, I went to St. Benedict's. I was there for three and a half years. Uh, I hated every year there, you know. <laughs> and now that I look at it, you know, it was probably beneficial for me, but at the time, you know, I didn't want to be in the school with all boys. I wanted to go to school. Uh, same with my way.
0: Friend,
1: You know what I'm saying? So I played there for three years. And then my senior year, you know, I was told I wasn't going to graduate. I could do another year at St. Benedict's. And I, I wasn't really feeling that because I was trying to get out of there the three years I was there. But, um, you know, I was trying to fail on purpose because, like I yeah. said, I got an academic scholarship. So. The academics wasn't ever a problem for me. I just didn't want to be there. So I felt if I fell, they would put me out. Yeah, And they did. And that backfired on me. And, um, <laughs> you know, my senior year, I went there to October of my senior year. And they told me, um, you know, you're not going to graduate. You're not on course for the courses you needed at St. Benedict. So I told my mom the next day I went to Central. I transferred to Central where all my friends was at, where I wanted to be from the beginning. Yeah, And it worked out for me, man. We had a pretty good season that year. I got MVP on the team. Um, you know, we had, we had a good team. I was like, I was the two man. I was six, five. That's how big yeah. you were. Wow. So the basketball, yeah. The basketball back then was different. My big men was six, seven and six, eight. You know what I mean? My guard was six feet. So we had a big squad.
0: Yeah, definitely. So
1: back, back then, most of the kids in the neighborhood went to their neighborhood schools. So, you know, projects, you came from Howard Street. So when you went to Central, you had to compete against kids from uh, Scudderhome Projects. Kids yep. from, from Baxter Terrace, Hayes Homes, Prince Street. Yep. So it was it was deep back then. Basketball was serious. Some good some kids that could play didn't make the team. You know yeah. what I mean? It was so stacked and, and things like that. And if you was a ninth and 10th grader back then, you basically played JV. There was no freshman teams yeah. back then. But you wasn't on varsity like some of these freshmen now. They come and be right in on varsity. Back then it, wouldn't it wasn't have, happening. <laughs> nah, you would have had to have been exceptional. To actually play on the varsity level back then, but um, yeah, like I just said, I had I had a good career in high school. I hindered myself by by uh, not doing the schoolwork at Saint Benedict, so I had to go to a junior college out of out of um, Central, and I went up to Pennsylvania to Keystone. Yeah, and had a, a pretty good two years there. We w- we lost in the national junior college championship my freshman year, and um, my sophomore year I kind of hurt my knee, so we didn't have the same kind of season. And then I transferred and went to Caldwell, Caldwell University right here in New Jersey. And I became the uh, all-time leading scorer up there. I'm actually in the Hall of Fame at Keystone and at Caldwell. And uh, I scored scored 1,059 points in two years at Caldwell. That record still stands. So, (laughs) yeah, I'm like 7th or 8th on the um, scoring list. I was only there two years. I got that thousand and you know everybody that's ahead of me, they was there four years and passed my, my points, but I still have the record for most points in two years.
0: That's crazy. So you're still dealing with kids, and we're gonna get back to the timeline, but dealing with kids now, what's that conversation like? Because they everybody want to go to the name school. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And like, but today, making those numbers, you can you can make some money. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you can, well, you can yeah, apply, today. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Today.
1: With that NIL stuff, yeah, these kids are getting paid, but a lot of these kids are not. I try to tell them, you gotta be a dog. You gotta have some talent. You gotta have work ethic. In this day and age, if you wanna, you know, get to the next level as far as uh, Division One basketball, you know, yeah. they they think because they make a highlight tape, they put up things on Instagram <laughs> like they're Division One players. Man, it's a lot of it's a lot of work. You know, yeah because you want school, yeah. school and, and, and people investing money in you they're not just investing money in you just to bring you in because you think you can play if they bring you there they believe you can play you know what i mean but a lot of these kids is 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 uh i call them microwave babies man they want it right now <laughs> you know what yeah. i mean like Supposedly, when I was growing up, you really had to put something in the oven when you came in the house to warm up your dinner. Exactly. You had to put yeah, it in the oven. Have wait a little
0: while, had some patience. Wait a little
1: while. Yeah, these guys throw it right in the microwave two minutes to food ready, you know what but I'm saying? But you appreciated
0: so- it too, though. You appreciated it too. You appreciated what your mom did when she was putting it in the oven. You appreciated if You had right. to wait for that food and put it in the oven and stuff like right. that. Appreciate it differently. So yeah, man. I just I had to think about that because you know working with the basketball and me playing myself play. I played for North Tech, you know I was doing very well. I had to t- to talk with the St. Benedict scenario, but I I threw that cold water on that immediately because I'm like uh-uh, I'm not going <laughs> all boys, and it was still yeah. like a partial situation. And my people ain't had no money anyway, so right. I'm like man, North Tech. I can get some burn immediately and and go from there we had a good team you know shabazz was r- ruling supreme at that time uh where right. we was you know with and all of them right. but he still competed and you 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 know what north tech was doing at that time so we competed but yeah it was we didn't have the options that they have now to come out of school and, and nobody talked about us saying go to keystone they should have been talking about what you were doing right. as opposed to zoo crew the, the other side of it so how did you connect and how does how did zoo crew get started
1: uh, well, like I said, I, I grew up in Hayes Home Projects, um, 80s, 87, well, they were supposed to tear those buildings down later, Yeah. <laughs> but during the mid-80s, you know, the crack and all that stuff came in, and the projects, it was already, the projects was already out of hand, but when the drugs came, it got worse, you know what I'm saying, because, mm-hmm. you know, you couldn't track anything, guys are standing in front of the building, police come, people running up in the building, you don't know where they at, so... They, they moved us, um, I came home from school in 87. I was a sophomore in college going into my junior year and my mom was packing up and I'm like, what's going on? She's like, we moving. And I'm like, well, where are we going? She was like, they're moving us to Chadwick Avenue. Mm. I'm like, you know what I'm saying? I'm from projects. You don't really go outside <laughs> your comfort zone. Exactly. You know, everything you need is within them projects. You know exactly. what I'm So, you know, we moved over there. Some of my friends that lived in my building was moved over there as well. And, um, at that time I started dibbling, dabbling in the streets. I came home from Keystone and I was going to Caldwell at this time. And, you know, that's when the, I noticed that the neighborhood changed, you know, the buildings just didn't look the same, you know, the people didn't look the same, you know, the drugs took over. So, um, we moved on Chadwick and, um, you know, we, we got it going over there. And, and back in like, uh, I want to say like 89, 90, you know, we was always community community guys. If if, if you could understand what I'm saying, even, yeah, out, for sure. even, outside, cool. even outside of the drug part, we always was knowledgeable of what was going on yeah. in the world, in our community. Um, and we always spoke about it. And um, a couple of guys branched off and started throwing parties. You know, they started yeah. throwing parties at uh Club Sensations, Anzibar.
0: Wow, throwback. It,
1: <laughs> the L, you know, Eleganza, yeah. like,
0: <laughs> wow. different
1: places, like, and, um, you know, guys was like, yo, we need to get some shirts so people know, you know, it's us doing the party, we got to come up with a name, and one of my friends was like, um, you know, they call us animals, man, why don't we call ourselves the Zucru, you know? wow. and then we thought about it, and everybody was like, damn, that sound all right, it was like, yeah, so he started throwing parties, putting uh, Zucru on t-shirts, and it took off, we had a following with the, within people in North cuz we were we weren't we were good guys we wasn't yeah. bad guys and we were for the community we were for the kid. we were young i was about 20 21 at the time and and i might have been one of the old, oldest members so everybody else was like 18 19 20 you know what yeah. i mean so once we did that it kind of grew and then you know it took off from there but they flipped it and, and and said it was a drug gang which it wasn't it wasn't started for that it was started for promoting parties and things like that
0: yeah, No, nah, man, look, again, as a for me, so you, at that point 9091, you know, I'm 10 11 years old and it's the name is already ringing bells cuz my grandmother worked at the legendary Toms, you know, the chicken shack. Oh, okay. yeah, my chicken grandmother, shack. she worked at the chicken shack, Miss Miss Dot. She worked at the chicken shack for years. And right. It just couldn't work no more. So, we would come over there you know, um, and come to get some food at nighttime. You know, we was always good. Um, Mr. Tom, his daughter, Thomasina, like they were always good to us. So we knew the area and my grandmother was good in the area. The Tom right. stayed open all the time. So between where I stayed, you know, in Hawthorne, we were going b and <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, <laughs> or coming to Times When we doing so we ain't had no business doing, we young, right. kids, over to buy some liquor, something like that. So that was the, the spots that stayed open all night for the most part. So we familiar, and you come over, hey, that's Zuku territory over there, right? So we right. are. knew what time it was. <laughs> but we were never fearful, and then we went to school with the kids, you know what I'm saying? So right. us, they went to Belmont Runyon, Bergen, and some people still went over to Peshon because they had family over there, something like that. So we knew each other, you know what I mean? And it was still community-based type thing, so we felt protected. I never went over to Chadwick and felt nervous, you know what I'm saying, when I would come right. over there. Um, and vice versa. I know people from Chadwood didn't feel bad coming to Hawthorne and Bergen, coming over that side where we were. So um, we didn't feel like that. We looked up to you guys. So, 96, the basketball started. Right. What was the thought behind that, starting the AAU team?
1: Well, I played AAU, for, when I was in high school, I played for the Nook y. That was the only AAU team in the city. Uh, everybody in Northern New Jersey played for the Nook y. Yeah. Cats from Jersey City. Everybody from Essex County. So, you know, it, again, everything – I think everything now is watered down because back then tryouts for AAU was about 100 kids. <laughs> you got kids. So that right. At, in tryouts. So everybody didn't play AAU like now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? People create teams. So I played for the nogua and one of my coaches at that time was Brian Crawford. And Sandy was also with the nogua before he even started the Roadrunners. So they were coaches for, for the uh, YMCA with some other guys from Jersey City. And um, when I when I, when I started doing the, the basketball, uh, Brian Crawford had the know Grams, So I had a connection with him. So I reached out to him, said, I got some kids in my neighborhood. They need to play AAU, blah, 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 blah. I took them up there to try out. A couple of them made it. A couple of them got cut. But then he gave out a letter with how much money they had to pay to be in the program.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah. These guys didn't really have the funds. Their parents didn't have the funds. And at that time I was trying to pull myself away from the streets, So I wasn't really doing it like I was doing it before that. And um, I went back to the neighborhood and talked to one of my friends and I asked him, you know, told him what was going on. He said, why don't you start your own program? And I said, start my own program. He's like, yeah, just start a program, reach out to people about the tournaments and things like that and, and go from there. So I did a little research on it and I, I started the name I started a Crew Youth program at that time. Yeah. I went down to uh to the hall of records, registered the name, opened up a bank account, and that was it. I started with like 12 kids from the neighborhood. AJ was one of them. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and we took it from there, man, with about about 12 kids, ages uh I want to say maybe 14 to 16 at that time, and we played in our first tournament in Rutherford We won the tournament and the winner gets, it got invited to uh, Akron, Ohio. And we went out to Akron and played in the tournament out there as well. That was the first time I traveled. That was in like June of 1996, because I started it in March, 96. So the first tournament we was in, we won the championship and we went down to uh, Ohio. And that was
0: legendary for the city, man, because you had, all we heard was, and that was like right when I'm in high school. So you only heard of the Rams and the Roadrunners and the Roadrunners, like the major players you know what I'm saying right. you knew it was possibly going to go D1, and then you had the yep. Rams and like you said, we and they. I think um they used to have their tryouts at St. Rocco, right? And so right. It, you know in St. Rocco's gym is small, right? <laughs> and so right. It's 100, a lot of a lot of, a lot of
1: ball players came out of there though. Yeah, man. for sure, for sure. So players.
0: and I and I've been there on a Saturday like and it's a lot of us and they're like hey they already pretty much got their team they trying to get two or three people and that's it and so very discouraging. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, right. you'll hear those conversations, things of that nature. So yeah, man. Um, the very next year, um, life was changed for Zoo Crew as we know it in '97. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that part right there, I, and I'm gonna I'm gonna add to it with my my story because I want people to understand the magnitude of how um big y'all was outside of that nonsense.
1: Well, what what happened was um in June '97 uh a young lady uh danette strawberry daniels she was on clinton and chadwick and um she came out the corner store and asked a young guy for a quarter or something like that this kid was like 15 16 and it looked, as the police was pulling up coming through chadwick approaching clinton avenue they looked and, and they thought they were doing a drug a, a drug transaction and they got out the car and they threw the lady on the car whatever whatever she was pregnant at the time so people felt some type of way, the way he was you know, treating the lady that was pregnant. But she was a person in the community who used drugs, so everybody knew her, you know what I mean? Yeah. And um, he put her in the back seat of the car, he handcuffed her to the front, and put her in the back seat of the car. It was an unmarked police car, so there was no guard you know, to separate the front seat from the back seat. So for whatever reason, I don't know, she climbed over the seat and um, threw the car in reverse. And the car started going backwards, and the officer jumped in the car, and he, and he shot her, he shot her in the head and he killed her, you know what I mean? So that happened on, on Clinton Avenue on the corner of Chadwick and the community got outraged, man. And, and yeah. we were pretty much the face of the community. You know, we had a little following and at the end of the day, man, Jokers was, you know, dealing drugs or whatever, but at the end of the day, you're a human being. You know, you got, you got feelings and emotions just like everybody else. So, yeah. you know, the, the labels we put on people don't matter. They still human at the end of the day. Yeah. And um we stood up for the community, man. And and, and um rest in peace, uh Mary Baraka that came down to uh Chadwick and riled up the people and you know we stepped in when we shouldn't have because we wasn't all the way, you know, legit. Yeah. You know what I mean? And um we marched down the city hall and, and protested against the police officer and Sharp James sided with the people now ninety-eight wasn't was was coming up. That's an election year. So, exactly. you know, he, so you got, you know, and, and then they start, uh, you know, campaigning like a year ahead of time. So that's like that was like his campaign that now that I look at mm. it, you know, when I got older. Um, so he sided with the people and um, he suspended the officer, officer Robert Leeks, and the police officers got upset, you know, and they formed their own little group. They had their own little marches. They had T-shirts with uh with a uh, blue crew on the front yeah and zoo crew on the back with with bars with hands holding onto the bars and they had zoo crew on the hands and it was like it was crazy at that time man it was it was like us against the police and um you know after that it was a, uh they said they was doing a federal investigation uh august uh 97 they raided and uh, rounded up like 31 members they say of the zoo crew and i only knew about 8 of them that was actual <laughs> You know, zoo crew people or whatever, and um, you know they uh they 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 kind of threw the name all on the front page of the Star Ledger and tried to discredit everything we was doing in the community. Uh, a couple of couple of people had businesses. My friend had his Golden Store on Clinton Avenue. Uh, his aunt had a flower shop on Chadwick. Uh, we was in the right on the cusp of coming out with uh some 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 um. Signing a record deal, like a couple of guys was rapping, so he yeah. was on the Yeah, I remember all that. of that. Uh, Eric Williams was hanging around. Yep. You may not believe it, but he got traded from Boston to Denver.
0: Yep. I, I look, I, I remember all of that. He <laughs> used to He used to come to the car wash with Big Sal, Black Sal from Hayes on car wash. Right,
1: right, right. right. So we went yeah, to so
0: Eric, Eric's um camp. So yeah, I remember all that's going down.
1: <laughs> and that's why I try to tell people it was it was a serious little thing going on back then and. Some of those people are still around. That was a part of it. I'm talking about not the actual guys in the Zoo Crew, but some of the police officers, some of the politicians, like, they're still around. So a lot of that, they hold against the actual Zoo Crew name, you know what I mean, with a lot of things that we be trying to do. But we were, like I said, we were positive people if you take away the negativity we were doing. And, you know, it kind of backfired because we shouldn't have came out in the forefront. You know, my, my friend... Uh, Terrence, they labeled as a drug kingpin, and he was one of the people that was on Channel 7 yeah. saying that, you know, if he see the officer, he arrested him himself. He did that in front of his daughter, this and that. So he felt some type of way. And um, once that happened, you know, we became a target. He became target number one, and everybody else was underneath him. So, um, you know, and then they they locked up some people, and it, it kind of tarnished the name a little bit, but I still kept pushing with the basketball because, I know what the name meant to me and my friends. I wasn't listening to what everybody else was saying that it was. People were saying Zuku finished in this town and this and that. And, you know, it's only finished if you let them finish you. You know what I mean? So I kept pushing.
0: See, this is the thing. So right after that, and I know you know because – and we're going to get into that because you're the only – one of the only ones that didn't go away, you know? Well, it was me
1: and a couple of other guys, but – I had got a phone call that morning, like six o'clock. And um the person that called me, I had no no direct connect connect with them. They was they was kind of friends with my friend. Yeah. And I and back then wasn't no cell phone. So this <laughs> this call came to my my house phone. Yeah, exactly. And the first first thing, you know, he said was they they rounding up people from the zoo crew. So I'm like, well, you know, who was this? You know, I don't want to throw no names out there because the person's still around and um I said, how you get my number? Like, you know, how, how you know my number? So, you know, yeah. it was like I just went and sat in the living room. Man. I ain't gonna sit in front, man. I went and sat in the living room. I mean, if you saw best shots, the same thing I said, I sat in the living room and waited for them to kick the door in because sometimes you're guilty by affiliation,
0: yeah,
1: or association yeah. or whatever. But um at the time I wasn't doing nothing in ninety seven because I started Zuko in ninety-six. Yeah. So I kind of I kinda dwindled away from street part of it i might have been doing a little one two but not where people could see me like i was exactly but um no i was kind of under the radar so but i just sat there and waited man they never kicked the door in so i I got lucky man and and i and it's crazy because years later i was coaching a game this was 2011. i was coaching a game at livingston high school and It was a guy sitting in the stands, and he looked so familiar, man, a white guy. I kept saying to myself, I know this guy from somewhere, but he's he's diverting my attention because I'm like, damn, where I know this guy from. So we lost the game. We should have never lost this game. We lost the game, and the guy came out the stands. He walked on the court. He was like, hey, man, what's going on? And I was like, yeah, what's going on? I said, where I know you from? He said, my name is Jim Morris. He said, I was the guy on the Zucru case. So I'm looking like, oh. Man, he was like, yeah, man, we made the right decision. I said, what you mean you made the right decision? He was like, a couple of people wanted us to bring you in too, but we saw that you was working with the kids and we ain't really have nothing on you, so we let you go. And it, and I, I was kind of stunned, so I was like, I looked at him, I said, you know what, thank you. I got to get to my team. I walked away from him. Yeah, like, yeah, I was definitely. Like, you know what I'm saying? It was it was crazy that he was at he said he lived in Livingston and he knew I was coaching, so he came to the game. And it wow. was crazy. And if I finally got like, because people was like, yo, why they lock you up? Well, I don't know, but you can pull up any type of paperwork you want to pull up. I ain't on it. And my friends that got locked up, they home now. We still friends. So yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But yeah, I, I got I got lucky, man. I tell people that's how
0: important you know? it is. That's how it's so important to tell that story because and yes, and we're gonna get to best shot. Somebody like me was directly affected by that, you know, from watching you guys. I think the community was affected, but I'm, I am don't mean to cut you off. Now you good. But, but
1: if you go back and look after that stuff happened, the bloods and the crypts crept, in, crept into the city of Newark. Oh, man. At that, <laughs> time, at that time, we always said we was too smart for that. You know, that's some West Coast stuff. We ain't into that. Newark had never had no stuff like that. As soon as they took down integral people, not just people from the Zoo Crew, but it was other people in oh, the city yeah. that was holding that was holding stuff together. And once they all went to jail, the gang stuff seeped into the into the city of Newark, and it and it just it destroyed everything, man. And I, and I think them taking certain people away created that because people had strongholds on different neighborhoods. Yes. And when I say strongholds, they wasn't giving out no orders, but they was respected in that neighborhood. And this is not going to be tolerated here.
0: I'm you know what I mean? 1,000%. No, no, I'm with you. I, I put on your post when I saw the, on the book that you, you participated in, I said, that rocked the whole city. Mm-hmm. Because that summer, I look, I'm 16 years old, right? And I'm in the mix heavy. I'm right on all on, But I'm watching the beefs that started happening because Okay, we can say what we want to say about the negative side of Zoo Crew, but it was feeding people, family, right? And so, Mm -hmm. not just on y'all corner, but in multiple parts of the city. And so now, these people wasn't being fed anymore. Now, the wolves are really out. Yeah. And so, the wolves is on different sides of town. Yeah. That was respected. That got riled up. That wouldn't stop people from going. You gotta think about—he wasn't caught in that particular situation, but he was locked up, and he's from y'all hood, Reg, Reg Low. Right,
1: right.
0: Man, you know how many beefs Reg stopped between um Chadwick and 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 uh, um um Stratford Avenue right. and West Point Avenue because yeah. his wife, well, uh, ex-wife, or uh, baby mother Cynthia is from my block, right. and so I would see he come through there. He done stopped us from getting in trouble plenty of times, like. It ain't matter how much money Reg got he was a big time basketball player from the city too. Right. He's with good people. It right. gave us knowledge as the kids, like, yo, I know you trying to make your money, but stay in school, do this. Reg, yep. you know, like these people were Reg was away. Most of your crew was away. People from Bradford went away. on Chadwick, if you ain't go
1: to school, you couldn't you couldn't sell drugs. And see, you see. You couldn't be out there for nine, anytime time by school hours. If you were supposed to be in school, you couldn't be outside selling no drugs. Nobody wouldn't allow you to do it.
0: Man, you know I tell I mean? those stories and they don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear it. <laughs> I remember, literally, I'm driving to Weekway And I come in, I come to the block like 11 o'clock. because They had like a bomb threat. My man was like, I don't care where you go. Don't come back here until after school is over. My right. big homies, you know what I'm saying? Because they like, right. look, you this is school hours. And it was a respect thing. Like, You couldn't hustle while the kids was on the way to school and when the kids were coming home from school. You're right. Like, you couldn't be on the corner. But I tell people that they look at me like I'm crazy. Like, you just put like, (laughs) no, the OGs didn't let that happen. Right. You couldn't just go to anybody's neighborhood. That was the thing that turned me off with the gang situation. Because people who couldn't go to Chadwick and hang like that can come to Chadwick now. You know, (laughs) because they say they're from the same set. Or right. you go to you know Prince Street and you scared to death to go to Prince Street unless you knew somebody, but now right. you're part of this set. You could go there. You could go over there. But that's not even how they do it in California. Like right. they, you know, you from a certain neighborhood. That neighborhood. That's right. why you were in that set. It ain't just I can be on this side and that side. No, because you in another set of you over there. Right. You know what I mean? So that's that's, that's the crazy part. So when I what I saw with my own eyes. When I'm trying to, I'm young, getting 25 clips, you know what I'm saying, and stuff like that. I hope I'm I wasn't
1: singing. selling them to you.
0: Nah, you wasn't. <laughs> you Because
1: that's when I was selling $25 clips. Nah, nah, y'all whole
0: block was selling 25 clips. I can't think <laughs> the names from the people who I used to go to. <laughs> but you know, for, it's all love. But at the end of the day, like, we know it was I, I was it was always a, a a love scenario and the beefs came over money real stuff it wasn't nonsense beefs right. and when the gang situation came it gave excuse to have problems we wasn't ever hurting people for no reason you know what right. I'm saying but
1: back, back then the, the the jokers wasn't trying to kill you either I'm, I'm gonna tell you I mean from when I was coming up that you know jokers I hung with and the things that I know if you did something to somebody it, it was a leg shot. Yeah, it's a war- this a warning. You know or, what I'm saying? Or beat you up? Or beat you up? Or because you up.
0: look, and dead people it. don't pay no money.
1: <laughs> right, right. So if I owe <laughs> you, and you killing and you kill somebody and you
0: still back. want your money? Right. You know right. what I'm so Dead man, people don't pay back no money.
1: Yeah, it was it was more warnings back in the day. Or if or somebody would come to you and be like, "Yo, I just spoke to such and such, bro. You owe this man some money, or you messing with this girl, or you doing whatever. Yo, just let it go. This is the past, right here." Yeah, I'm telling you right now this is the past. You keep on doing it, it's going to be more consequences behind it. But now yeah. ain't no more past. It's like the consequences coming as soon as we find out something happened, which I don't agree with.
0: Yeah, because- I, I, I don't even. I don't even. Y'all y'all just was so monumental to the city and when that happened, I mean I to, I mean I left to go to college and I would talk about those stories because I would come back and see Reg when he came home and hang with Fee and them. And, and AJ actually came to college with me down in South Carolina. So we you know, we they understand the the, the flow we came with. Like, we was raised different. And we was actually ones that was right. outside. You know what I'm saying? And you know, right. like we came from some people with actual um, morals. It didn't matter how we got our money. But we saw morals, we saw right. just being protected. We saw people that look like yourself, that was there looking was, out for us. There was rules too, man. Definitely. Like I'm telling you, if somebody
1: came with a kid to buy some drugs, they can't. we can't serve them. If the person was pregnant, and we knew they was pregnant because you know, you don't really know, but yeah, if you, you see somebody, you know, nah, we can't serve that person. I mean, they're gonna go get it wherever they're gonna go get it, but we not participating in that. You know what I'm saying? And we didn't sell the young people back then. Most young people wasn't on cocaine. It yeah, wasn't drugs. on drugs when we right. <laughs> that right. would but you threw us now, off. So it was, it was, it was, it was codes, morals, and respect. You know, you respected people's parents. Like, like now, guys being neighborhoods, they don't know the people that live in the neighborhood. So if they is hustling, somebody coming down the street, you running up to them, bro. That's such a such mother. That's such a such father. You not supposed. You can't be on my
0: block if you don't know who the people wow. is around here. <laughs> You know That's what I mean. Where the problem came at when the gang culture came because yeah. you're hanging in somebody else's neighborhood. You don't know who the elderly people are. Right. You don't know who, like you, the you woman. knew whose mom was there and was like, "Yo, you can't." I don't care if she did call the cops on you. You know she, you know she's gonna call the cops, but right. you have no no ties to her, so you you can't come over here and say you hang over here because you're part of a set. Like right. people hang over here is people who grew up here, who understand what's going on over here. I mean, I lived in the neighborhood with Dave, the legendary cop, lived. His father owned a house right <laughs> on Jellif and, and, and Hawthorne, right? So, him and his brother live right there. Dave ain't bothering me. He'd rather talk to me first, because his little niece was my, my little childhood girlfriend. You know what I mean? Right. Like, so he's not bothering me. Same with Junior. Junior's grandmother lived right on Passion and on Hawthorne, still to this day.
1: Okay. So,
0: all his cousins, most of them passed away in the street, but they, they were hustling. What is he going to do? These are his first cousins. Right. <laughs> so we understood. That's why we didn't have the, the cops just shooting people crazy because we knew them. And they, right. tell me, I know exactly who you are. Right. No, <laughs> so
1: definitely.
0: so definitely. it's just a different situation, man. So I, it's good to, to, to reminisce on that. But people need to hear that because this is why we so upset. We're not hating on the Bloods and Crips. We're not hating on right. how we do it or having nobody do it but it was a reason why it worked for what we did and, and it don't work for where we are. You know what I'm right, saying? Right. And, um, you know, I'm just happy that I have the opportunity to give you homage and pay homage to you um, on my platform, man. I appreciate you know, it. No doubt. So going forward, man, after that, what was it like immediately, the first tournament <laughs> after all of the nonsense that happened, going back, trying to get everybody focused on basketball? Well,
1: I'm going to tell you, the day that happened, um, that that night we had a, a well, yeah, was that yeah that night we was in the championship at a at below the rim a the room right there on Clinton Place yeah. and um and Chancellor, and Chancellor and yeah we we actually won the championship. I still had to go coach, you know, despite all that, you know yeah. what I mean. And it was a funny, it was a weird feeling because. I didn't know what was really going on. You know, they were still looking for people and, yeah. and people were arrested. So, but we went up there and we won three divisions. We won three division championships up there. And um, I just moved forward from there, man. It, it, it was it was crazy. But the first tournament we went to Ohio, man, I had AJ, uh, Sal Thompson that played yeah. at Eastside, mm-hmm. rest in peace, John Streeter. Oh, wow, my King. God, That's yeah. One. Yeah. Um, Tut, I mean, Tut yeah. doing a new direction right now. But Tut, Tut was on my team, man. Tut was pretty I good. I am
0: Khalil. Yep, Khalil yeah, Tut. Uh-huh. You know,
1: he run a, he run a new direction respect to him. And um, I had Stink um from Avon. Uh, mm-hmm. That was probably the best play. Anybody, every time somebody asked me who the best player I've coached, I always throw his name out there. He never played high school basketball. The boy was so good. It was it's, it was sad. It broke my heart when he stopped going to school. But um. Yeah, Stink, AJ. I think I went down there with like seven, eight, but nine players I think we had. Uh, Eddie Ricks that actually played at Shabazz. And uh, we went down there. We, we ain't had no big man. AJ was our big man. And we lost, <laughs> played four games. And we lost by a total of like 12 points, man. I, I, yeah. my, I met Peterson was on my team. I went to Central. And um, we competed, man. And I'm, uh, it's crazy because we was in Akron. And this was in 96. So this was, what, 27 years ago? Yeah. He might not believe this, man. We was getting on the shuttle bus, man. And my man, Dre, he went with me down there. He asked the guy. He was like, man, any good players out here? And he said, man, it's an 11-year-old out here, man. He's so good, man. Everybody, he, man, he was 10 years old. He said, he's so good. And we like, yeah. My is LeBron. he playing in the tour?" It was LeBron, yo. Yeah, it was yeah. crazy. And then as we got older, and I was like, damn, LeBron, 97. He probably was because he'd been in the league. Yeah, so he, he he 84
0: yeah so lebron 84 85 so he had to be like 11 or 12 at that time yeah
1: so he was talking about lebron james and that was crazy that we i remembered that and i'm like damn he had to be talking about lebron because then lebron came out of akron you know yep. what i'm saying yeah years later but um it was a great tournament grant hill was the guest speaker um it was changed from all over man it was, it was it was um it was a good experience for me as a coach that was the first time you know, going out of state with kids. You know, I, I went as a player, but I never took some kids and they enjoyed it, man. They didn't want to come back home. So, you know, after that, they like, what's the next tournament? What's the next tournament? So I started looking around for different tournaments that we can go to. We actually went out to Minneapolis that summer. And we went to Connecticut, I think that year. So after that, every summer I was just looking for tournaments, and we was raising money and going out of state. And we started running into the Rams, we started running into the road runners <laughs> in these tournaments. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So we was we was right there. I had some good players, you know, over the years, that that um you know played successful high school, college basketball. Some of them had NBA tryouts, and you know it was, it was great, man, just to get the kids out of the community and i didn't have tryouts you know what i'm saying if you wanted to play you play yeah you know what I mean? so and then most of us started from kids in that area from avon all the way over to like west bigelow west ryan yeah and like kids from avon avenue school uh madison uh what other school was in that area peshan like bergen, area had Pecheon, yeah bergen yeah Bergen's because i lived right behind bergen that's where we practiced that in bergen Damn. playground yeah i no gym. But uh, it was it was great, man. It just gave me a, a, a more drive to, you know, better my community, man, and help the kids. Cause a lot of these kids was living in, you know, we you know we living in one family homes. We in crime written neighborhoods and
0: fifteen sometimes. people in one in one house.
1: <laughs> yeah, but sometimes you don't know stuff outside this where you live. Yeah. Once you, it's it's kids that I done took to a different part of the of the city, and they'd be like, "Where we at?" We in North, <laughs> they're like it's big houses like this in North, and yeah. it's like yeah, and, and you're a right? right? But you're a maid, Weekway Section, North North over on Lake Street, you know. And and you're you looking like, damn, these kids, and it's crazy because we take for granted that you know it's stuff going on outside your community, but a lot of these kids don't. They only see what they see every day, and they don't yeah. think they don't think it's something bigger out there. And then when we started traveling. They're like, yo, why it's so clean out here? There ain't no trash on the ground. I said, people care. They care <laughs> about their neighborhoods, man. You know what I'm saying? So it was an experience. It was, it, was just, it was more than basketball. And I always say that more than basketball because they're learning other things. And then you get a chance to catch them outside of their community. And you can talk to them and let them see other things that they'd be like, yo, I want to come back here. And it's like, yeah, I always tell my kids, if you go to college, go away. So you could see something different, you know what I mean? And then come back with that experience and help these kids that's here now. You know what I'm saying?
0: And you mentioned some monumental people um to me, because um Sal and, and, and John, you know, um that same '96, we all was in um Eric Williams camp. Um down at the downtown. I think he had it at the um I forgot where he had it at, but he had a camp that he would do like two week camp. And um that's when I met them and we we was going at it. And I, you know, we, we was cool all through, cause we were the same age. We was all through high school. And when John, you know, when John passed away, man, that was, you know, that was crushing. Cause you know, young yeah. and, um, but now when you cross over to the gang community and now, you know, you're going into the 2000s coaching, what was that like, man? Because yeah. it, it, that this went to, it took it to a whole another level, like losing players yeah. wasn't, wasn't a regular thing in the nineties, but then the two thousands coming up. What, 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 what was that like that transition? It it was,
1: I wasn't really aware of um, kids on my team that was banging like blood, Crip, cause they kept it away from him. Rest in peace coach Malik. They didn't want us to know because we gonna, we gonna gonna get on them. You know what I'm saying? Like we supposed to do, you know, we're not going to tell you, I mean, I can't tell you how to live your life, but I could tell you that if if you continue to live it a certain way, what the odds, you know, what might happen to you. You know what I mean? So I had kids on the team that was blood, crit, uh, you know, and they got along, and to this day they get along, and some of some incidents was stopped because they knew each other, because they all played for Zoo Crew, because they had that mutual respect for me. You know what i mean and i heard about it years later but i was actually in the midst of something down on springfield avenue because you know court street was right there and they Mm -hmm. they great and um some guys you know the league is for everybody but it was some bloods in there and they wasn't gonna let them out you know what i mean and one guy that's that was great told them niggas yo these my brothers man nothing happening to them they leaving out of here they getting in the car and they going wherever they going yeah and that, and they let him go, and I, and I'm, and I'm thankful for that because, what if he wasn't there? Yeah, you know what I mean. stop that, so you know, it, it stops a lot of things, and, and and sports itself stops a lot of things because when I was young, younger, you could travel throughout the city because you played sports. Nobody exactly. bothered you. Oh, he played for such. a... Oh, that's such. A, and you could just maneuver. Yep. Now it's a little different because these kids are trying to play sports and be involved in. The nonsense, which you can't do because you ain't gonna be able to go nowhere.
0: You got you can't that right.
1: Throughout the city, because you—that's why a lot of these kids. You know, what I mean to get off topic, but that's why you a lot do. of them wear masks in these hoods because they scared. Not because they a lot of them not doing nothing wrong. They just scared for somebody to see them walking through a certain neighborhood and somebody gonna do something to them. So yeah. it's it, it's just crazy. But back in the two thousands, I I, I kind of started to understand the gang culture. I kind of knew a lot of the OGs, you know, yeah. that was, you know, because most and I always tell people, man, if kids don't go to college that's, that's successful in sports in high school, they become the names in the streets, yeah. whether people want to believe it or not. If, if, if a kid was good in, in football and he didn't go to college, but now he on the streets and he's doing negativity, he one of the popular people because everybody already knew him because he was already yeah. a superstar in high school. Yeah. So now on the streets, he still got a little credibility. So... You know, and, and they become the OGs and the gang leaders and this and that. And you know, sometimes I talk to some of them and be like, "Yo, man, you know, such and such." they'll go talk to them. You know, I'm gonna get them back right, and they'll come back and play. Because I tell them, "Look, he got talent, man. He can go somewhere, man. He can't help you being here all the time. If he can get away and go do something else, it enhances the image of your your gang." And I'm not saying that is right, but if you got somebody in your gang be there, you. be there. yeah, yeah, he he could come back and. I ain't school y'all. I mean, I ain't telling him he gonna denounce what he is. But now you got access to somebody that got information that you can use. You know, no matter what uh, uh, career they choose to take, but they still gonna have ties to you, and they and you can use them, and hopefully you can get up out of this mess, man. Because that's yeah. all it is—a big mess,
0: man. Definitely, definitely. So you know, going through you, you started um, the clothing scenario. I mean, Zuku clothing was always around. Right, you know, um again, that's all we saw the shirts growing up, and you told me you told us why, um you started making the shirts, but you know we saw even kids coming to school or tournaments or wherever mm-hmm. I can zoo crew, um gear and zoo clothes and zoo wear um how was it to, how was it starting and opening up the store, you know um in the city
1: uh well, the clothing, like you said, it was always going on, but we never really took it to an, uh, uh, another level with it you know I was watching um uh the Wu-Tang saga and I was I, I got to the end of the um the last season with a dude I forgot which one it was but he power. started the, yeah he's power yeah he started the clothing and all that and um he took it to another level and I think we've we could have done that and now 25 years later i'm i'm in that mindset now like just yeah. from watching him he gave me a little inspiration like damn, and they really and he turned down big money which i think probably should have took it because at the back end you're gonna make the money mm-hmm. on the back end you know what i'm saying and um it, it, it's i like it but you still get people who say oh nah zuru people come oh i had this jacket on I had this shirt on they asking me why you got on you know, it you it's say apparel it's not Actual zoo crew, that's what I'm saying. So the name mm-hmm. is still powerful in a negative way that people, some people won't put it on, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But but you don't know the history of hill figure, polo, Gucci, but you'll wear oh. that all day, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I ain't mad at you because you want quality, you know, it's it's cool, but some of the stuff we have is quality as well. But um, you know, but people, I got an online site, people order off on, offline. That don't even know me. That'll buy some Zuku stuff and sure. and wear it because they don't know the name as what everybody else think what it used to be. You know what I'm saying? All they know is Zuku. or that's clothing. or that's basketball or whatever. But um, you know, just just opening the store. I, I had a I had a store on Chadwick from 2005 to 2010. But again, the gang stuff was so prevalent. You know, that yeah. was that's a that's a blood neighborhood. Yeah. It was shootings all the time around there, not directed at me, but it's just like if you see, like, standing
0: outside the store, yeah,
1: right. You see, people standing outside the store, the average person not coming in, yeah, you know, because if I ride by somewhere and I see six seven guys and I don't know them, I'm not getting out either, you know what yeah. I mean? So, yeah. I just thought, you know, after a while, I said, you know what, I gotta find another location. So, I closed in 2010, I said, I would do it again if I ever found the location that was convenient, you know, people not hanging out, the neighborhood not crazy. And 2017, I found the location that I'm at now, which was around the corner from where I was living on Sixth Street and uh 16th Avenue. Okay. And I've been there since uh July first actually July 1st would be six years that I've been there. So um it's been it has been a struggle, you know. It's a it's a it's a, a small business, you know, you try yeah. to compete with with online stuff now, the mall and all that stuff like that. And you know, but it, it, I mean, it's been paying the bills. I've been open six years, you know, so I'm trying to enhance the 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 wear, and um, because I think it can be enhanced, and I think it's a it's a market for it. So I'm, um, you know, I'm gonna keep trying to push
0: it. And you've been able to work with some amazing kids as that's now adults. You know, one I, I I real got real close with um Mooka. um oh, Marbury, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're just talking to him. And, you know, is doing phenomenal, you know, mm-hmm. we all went to school down south. And just thinking about those people who have those direct connections to the Zoo Crew and thinking about partnerships with maybe these individuals to let them see that it's bigger than just what's going on at home because mm-hmm. these are people who went out. AJ's been all over the place. You know, I know he's right. back home and he's doing some major things at home, but he's been all over the place. You got, um we play football, but Kyrie is out in um, in Cali, you know, doing some major things. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, yeah. You know, so people that I know that's directly connected to the zoo that can be, you know, um, like can make it to like a web, you know what I'm saying? Where you can connect with these people and let them know that this is what bred them. They came from that, you know? Right. Right. And out there, I think that that'd be a good look because... I I just remember Mooka telling the stories about, you know, you giving individuals places to stay sometimes, you know what I'm saying, and and feeding kids and things like that, and I don't think enough, because we were raised and we wasn't running towards the spotlight, running towards the camera, especially if you was doing something you had no business doing. So we still take that into this portion of our life, but some of us have stepped out and made a very good name for ourselves and people that came up under that crew era. And I know some kids are probably playing in D1 schools, mm-hmm. you know, um, things of that nature. So have you ever talked to any of them and said, hey, let's let's collaborate? And I know you're not, you don't want to take nothing from them um, besides, hey, I'm just a coach, but just understanding that this means more than just, you know, something you're doing for high school or, you know, or basketball.
1: No, actually, I never, I haven't reached out to anyone to say that, I only time I reach out to them is y'all should have something that says Zuku on it. You're a part of this. If I if I got something going on, um, I never reach out to these guys for donations or anything like that. If they want to do yeah. it, you know, they do it. But um, and some of them have, but um, like even when I ran for office, I had a I had brought some guys together like, yo, y'all gotta, I never really asked y'all for anything. Yeah, um, actually, for your support to go out, help out with the campaign, things like that. Some of them did, and then you know, some don't because what for whatever reason. I don't know. They might not yeah. have had the time, or just not might be not something they want to do. So I don't force nobody to do anything. But you, you, you're you're right. I probably should reach out to different people to like bring it to the table and say we're trying yeah. to enhance the brand, and you're you're part of the brand. And a lot of these guys are out of town. You know, they yeah. live in. They live in other states, which is a good thing. And um, yeah, it's just I mean, I just been thinking about a lot of things. I'm at I'm at that age now where it's like, how long are you gonna keep doing this? But you know, I'm I, little, I'm I feel it, I feel right. it. I that, feel that's where it. I'm at with myself. So I have to be able to wanna to do something else because I move around too much. So for me yeah. to just give up everything and don't do nothing. I probably wouldn't last that long, you know what I'm saying? Because I, I I always got to move around and do something. So when I do give it up, I still want to be able to move, maybe not move around as much, but still be active in something. You know, I don't just want to sit around and do nothing because that that's just not me. And I, I don't think I have the only time I ever sat down for a long period of time was COVID, and that was yeah. killing me, you know what I mean? So – other I than that, I'm, I'm out the door at eight back in the house at nine. You know, yeah, that's just yeah. every day for me, and it's 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 a routine. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I've been thinking about different things, and, and I'm glad you brought that up because that's one of the things I want to do too, reach out to these guys, because I have a network of kids and people that I've... That's all over the world at this point. Right, that I work with, that I've helped, and I've never asked them for anything, to be honest with you. Man. You know what I'm saying? And I yeah. think I got a lot of favors out there that I probably should use to my to
0: my favor, to my advantage. Yeah. Well, you know, you, you look, man, I, I didn't grow up on the, in the area and then play the team, but you got my support. And I I thought about it because we can't let that go. We can't let that go right. from the city and, and what it represents and what you mean to the city and to all of us. You can't, we can't let that go. So, you know, we all got an expiration date, but our businesses and the things we create shouldn't ever right. have one, you know what I mean? Right. So with that situation, I think that that's a great move now, something that that was that should have been out of the window because I thought it was amazing. I saw it was the the documentary Best Shot. How did that come mm. about, and how you feel about it?
1: Man, it was great, man. I, I mean, I even shed a few tears just watching it on the screen. You know what I'm saying? But um, and about six years ago, I was in my store. Um, I wasn't even open yet. It was around June, uh, 2017, and um some lady walked up. Now, I don't know how she found out where I was at. And she was like, are you Coach McCray? And I'm like, yeah. She was like, I want to talk to you. She had a, like an Australian accent. Hmm. And she was like, yeah, we want to do a documentary on on you. So I'm like, you know, now my street sense is kicking in. Like, <laughs> like, who, who are you? Were you? What what you mean you want to do a documentary? Where are you from? Who are you representing? Like, documentary about what? You know what I mean? So, um we got to talking and she was like, no, it's a basketball documentary. It's going to be an NBA guy involved. I never knew who was involved until it actually happened. And um, she said, yeah, I'm gonna give you a number to the producers and they're going to call you in two weeks. She asked me about my team, what type of team I got coming back. Do I think we are going to be competitive? And I had a good team coming back. So I'm like, yeah, we're going to be competitive. I got good players, whatever. So she was like, well, somebody's going to reach out to you in two weeks. Two weeks from that day, they called me, said we're gonna set up a meeting on Skype. Uh, that's when they had to the Skype yeah. set up. They had no all Zoom. this stuff now—the WebEx and the and the Zoom and all that. You had to go on Skype and do all this yeah. other stuff. So, I met with some producers and um no, actually I'm lying. They called me. They said we coming out there. Um, I said coming. What you mean you coming out here? He's like we flying out from California. So now I'm like California. What you mean? He's like, no, we producers from California. We doing. And I'm like, oh, this must be some real stuff. Like, you yeah. know what I'm saying? So, they came to the waterfront. They okay. said we're gonna be there at twelve o'clock. So I'm sitting there. We had the camp going on. So I'm sitting there. I, I, I was doing like the checking the kids in, but I'm sitting. I see two white guys walk up. It's like eleven fifty eight. I'm like, damn, motherfuckers. Yeah, twelve o'clock. Like, so we talking, <laughs> and they um the dude already said, yeah, you know, we, we heard about you, blah, blah, blah. blah. We're doing a documentary about basketball um, with a coach that has ties to his community. So I'm like, Oh, okay. He's like, yeah, but only thing is it's, it's a coach from Brooklyn. It's a coach from Philly and yourself that we're looking at. So I'm like high school coaches. They like, yeah. So I'm like, Oh wow. So in my mind, I'm thinking Brooklyn, Philadelphia, York. you know, Brooklyn and Philly, seem like they got more national recognition than we do here in the city of Newark. So at the time, I'm thinking they're not going to pick me. So then I met with the producers. They left, and they set something up, said you're going to meet with another producers in two weeks. So I got on the Skype. It's about eight people in the room. And they asking me all types of in-depth questions. <laughs> and and I'm answering them. I mean, I can't sugarcoat nothing. I'm, I'm I'm telling them, answering the best of my ability. So at the end, they like, Coach, we'll get back to you. So I'm like, OK, did I get it? And I'm like, coach, we'll get back to you. So I'm like, <laughs> wow. So they had me in limbo for like 10 days. They called like the end of August and they was like, we're gonna do central. And I'm like, we're at, still at the time. I ain't know LeBron had nothing to do with it. I ain't know Jay Will was gonna be a part of it. Yeah. And they had to get clearance from no, you know, no public schools and all that, that they was coming in. And the first day they came, man, I saw all this equipment. I said, oh, no, nah, this is this is real. Like, this ain't no this ain't no like Joker walking around with one camera, you know, filming you and making yeah. a documentary. They had stated they had their own hallway where they had so much equipment. I'm like, wow, they had cameras everywhere. But long story short, you know, um, it was great doing it. The kids loved it. I mean, they were never in the way. I never like nothing was staged. Everything that was shot was. Real time, you know, yeah. stuff. Sometimes I forgot I was mic'd up. You know, you know, I, I, I'd be bugging on the sideline <laughs> when I'm coaching, so just to hear myself and, and, and see myself on the screen, and and I'm oh. like, wow. But what really, like, what really like humbled me was like, I've been saying this stuff for 20, 30 years, and finally somebody captured it on the screen. Like all the yeah. stuff I've been saying. It's just been different kids placed in front of me, but the message always been the same, you know what yeah. I'm saying, depending on the situation. And I was just happy to see that. Man. I got to go to Miami for free. I got to go to Cali for four days for free, like just to see how these people live. And it's like people really live in life, man. And yeah. and, and, and it bothers me sometimes because people really struggling too. Like, And yeah. it's like, how is people able to live life like that while people really like struggling. Don't do it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, it, and, it, and it's weird to me, but it's a good feeling to be a part of it sometime, but then reality, because they like, coach, you want to stay a couple more days? This was when I was in Cali. I'm like, nah, I got to go back to work, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> I got to go back to reality. Like, this is all great, but this ain't, you know, I had like a stipend every day, you know, to spend money or whatever, yeah. but nah, I got to go back to work. You know what I'm saying? I got. Stuff I got to take care of. I be, You know, some people were like, yeah, i stay out here as long as you want me to. Nah, I don't have that luxury. I can't do that. I got things I got to put in place. I got things I got to do. But it was a great experience, man. Just, you know, I never met Jay Will until he walked into the locker room that day in the, in the documentary. That was my yeah. first time ever meeting him. I knew him as a player, yeah. but I never, you know, met him as an adult. And uh, it was great, man. The people were great, man. They was going to do um, part two, but then COVID hit. Oh, okay. So I what happened after that, but they haven't really reached out. Now they might, they talking maybe five years just to see where all the kids at. Yeah. Because, you know, because Quan Kwan and Hadi, man, everybody, everywhere I went, they loved, them the two people they love man. You know yeah. what I'm saying? The them sentimental the people. people. Yeah, but the sentimental people always asked about Isaiah. How's Isaiah doing, yeah. you know, yeah. his situation. But, um, you know, they all doing good, man. I, I got them some couple of dollars. We don't went to a few places and spoke. About best shot, and they done got paid for it, and things like that. So, yeah. actually, Quan Quan wrote a script with the director of Best Shot, and um, they reached out to me and, and was like, "You." The director said, "I want you to read the script. I, I trust you. Um, you know, I trust your judgment and, and, and what you would say about it." And he's like, "We're gonna pay you to read it." I said, "You're gonna pay me to read?" This. <laughs> so, you know, this, this is this stuff be all new to me. Because, yeah, right. You
0: like, like <laughs>
1: the they pay everything. Him. Everything people do in life, it's a price on it. Yeah. You, know, some, yeah. you know, I'm so used to just doing things, you know, money come and come. If it don't, you know, whatever, you know, I'll I figure it out. But yeah, people man. really can't pay it. I said, you gonna pay me to read a script? I read it, <laughs> it was a good script too, so they shopping it around. Now actually, Quan Kwan wrote it, he just helped them out with it. And you know, maybe something good will come out of it. You
0: know. And that that's just a phenomenal scenario, man. I remember watching it and just, just thinking about watching where Know people, parents are talking about they're going to take them out of the hood with basketball and right, and putting a lot, yeah, man, yeah, a lot of pressure on them. Yeah, man. a lot of pressure. Yeah, man. Like, that,
1: and he ain't playing two years, and you putting all this pressure on this kid. <laughs> yeah, five, seven.
0: So it's wants, it's just so. Tough, but he can get you out
1: the hood another way. What if the script take off and somebody bought a script for ten man, that, million dollars?
0: That's it, man. When I saw that, I was because you know my wife is from D.C. area, but she's from the suburbs D.C. Uh-huh. So we come from two different you know, size of the um the track and she would come up to North every week, every every um break and see how we living. Then I go to her two parent household. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just her and her little brother, that's it. And they got the two bedroom I mean the two uh, the big house, two family, two cars. They both got right. careers, college graduates, and she come and it's fifteen of us in, in a three bedroom apartment. Right, right. Most of the people on drugs. She yep. don't even understand what's going on and like and like, that's what they were saying. Like, okay, if you make this, if you get a scholarship, we out of here. Like, and you sitting there like, huh? Like yeah. that's, that's too much pressure. So I just felt that it hit me so hard when I saw the documentary, man. And so to think now, you know, one thing you've been doing for a while is you've been turning your um, attention to politics.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, um, is that's that what rough. the that's final rough. act, is that the act right there? Is that the thing you think is going to be the nice, the, the exclamation point on your story? I thought it was, but
1: politics is like the streets, man. You just can't hurt nobody because you're going to jail. You know what I mean? In the streets, you could hurt somebody, and might get away with it. Yeah. But in the political field, these people, um, they tough, man. They yeah. tough, and and they'll they'll block everything you're doing if they if you not on the same side as them, or if you don't agree with the whatever they doing. Like, I don't think that's me. I mean, yeah. I thought, you know, I ran, in, I ran 14, 18, and 22. 14, you know, I thought it was, I, I had a shot. I had a shot every time I ran, actually, you know what I'm saying? But it's just like, when I'm running, people really saying, yo, you can't help the people. Why you want to be a uh, councilman? Why?" You? And I'm really like, Like, really? Like, you know, like, so why all these people be running for political office? And I've learned that it's for personal gain. It's not really. You can't really be 100 percent for the community and be a politician because everybody not going to be on your side. So even if you put something on the the floor and everybody vote on it, if those other eight people are not with you, it's not getting passed. Yeah. You know what I mean? So then I started understanding why people run on a team. Because yeah. if you got your whole team and you put something to the floor, everybody gonna vote yes. Even if yeah. it's not, even if I'm not in agreement with it, I'm supposed to vote yes. I don't get that. Like yeah. that's <laughs> that's just crazy to me. But I mean, I ran politics, I learned a lot. Um you learn who your real friends are when you run for politics, because not if that, you're right. on one side and somebody's on the other side and you've known people for X amount of years, even before politics. Yeah. Politics makes you enemies. And it's like, yo, what's going on? Oh, yo, the joke ain't speaking to me. I just two, two weeks ago we was just hanging out. Yeah. Yeah. Then you somebody tell you, oh, nah, you know he running with such and such and them, and now nah, they can't they can't be friends with you. So you let another man tell you who you could be friends, like it the politics is just crazy, man. I mean, it, it, it's it, I always thought that, um, you know, I always felt politicians wasn't really for the people, but I was in the era with Sharp James, man, and I saw him help people, and whatever he did, he did, but he was a community mayor, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. He he was in the community, he was at at events, like, I'm talking about by himself, like, he ain't walking around with 14 people, and he was community, and I think you know, and I think that's why they got him out of there because if he would have ran that last time against Booker, he probably still would have beat him. So you know, he you hey, had to come, sure. up, come up with something to get him out of there. That's what I'm saying. It's not like they don't play fair. If they, if you're not, if you're not doing what people ask you to do, they'll find a way to get you up out of there. And yeah. I always thought, you know, I, I, I some a couple of times I did it out of spite, man. You know, just to say I'm not just letting people just walk in. They got to work to get in there. So you know, I ran. Never really had a lot of money, Um, but I was in the mix. At 18, I lost about 200 votes, you know what I mean? And I still believe I won because it's just, it's some other ins and out things that, you know, we we, would be here all day if I talk about that. But I really think I won, but, you know, I don't think people want somebody like me in there because I'm not going to walk around kissing no behind, yeah, and yeah. if I think something's not right, I'm gonna speak on it, Like, yeah. and I'm not gonna agree with it. So, but I mean, it is what it is, you know, it's personal gain for a lot of people with these politics. That's why a lot of these guys sit in the Senate and, and, and uh, in the House for so long, and then they run for presidency, and you be like, who is this guy? Then they tell you he's been a senator for 25 years. You never even heard of him, but they running for presidency and all that. But I mean, it's cool, man, I mean, yeah. I just don't like the fact that, you know, I don't care who take what, man. Everybody got, if you just think you deserve a couple of dollars here and there, then do what you gotta do. But take care of the people, man. Don't let the community yeah. look the way it looks. Let's get some programs for these kids. We need programs for these adults. We need a whole lot of stuff, man. I hate the crime, I hate the um re-entry stuff. Where's the pre-entry stuff? You know what I'm yeah, saying? We wow. got stuff for people that go to jail. And come on. Yeah, with the preventable uh, programs that so we, these kids don't go get it caught up in whatever they're doing. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, man, I I, I love that. I love that, and we got we got to talk about that offline. I, I that is amazing what you just said. Like for real, for real. Like I love that pre entry, not re entry. So, man, right. We got to, we we definitely got to coin that for real. And, well, I see you know, we,
1: and you know what they don't do? Um, I don't think people like. If I would have got an office, I would have made it my, um, I would have made it my duty to go to everybody in the ward. Within four years, I think you can go to every person in the ward and introduce yourself. So mm. then, when it's time to run again, I don't have to go back and resell myself. These people already know me. You know, I've been to mm. their homes. I talked to them. Four years is a long time. And for you not to know people, I I go out and campaign and people still don't know who their council person is in that ward. And this four years later. And, you know, a lot of people not in tune with, with the politics. But what I think they don't do, they don't go in the community and ask people. Like I said, I would go in the community and go to different sections of the central ward and say, if you had an opportunity to do whatever or you wanted something in your neighborhood, what would it be? And now you take all this data and you go sit down. If everybody's saying the same thing, we got to create something for everybody in these different areas. Because every every area is not the same. So every area yeah. um, don't need the same things. You know what I'm saying? You, S- Society Hill is in the central ward. Yeah. Their needs may be different than Court Street.
0: You yeah, know what definitely. I'm saying?
1: Which is, which is a block away. You know what I mean? So I just think they don't go in the community and ask people what what resources would you need? Like, it, it's too much like work, OG.
0: That's too much like work, man. People <laughs> getting paid, man. That's a part-time job. You make yeah, ninety thousand dollars with a car. Yeah, they think That's like they, they think it's too much. Yeah, they think it's too much like work. And then now they go off for the data. I actually worked and helped somebody, help a couple people on campaigns down south, uh-huh. and I saw it, man. Like, he, it was a young lady who just like you, is all about the community, and they, they, they turned against her. Like they literally was, they were going really? after her, like for real, like smear campaigns, everything, because they they didn't want her in there. Like the right. person who was going to do the right thing, they didn't want her in there. They wanted the people in there who was going to do what they want them to do. And she didn't come with that heart. She came with a heart of, I'm coming for the people she did. Everything you said, she went made sure she shook hands. The people, her, even her advisor was like, why are you t- meeting all these people? Some of these people not gonna vote, you should just go with the people who voted. Right, like, That's
1: yep. yeah,
0: it's crazy. But they, but
1: they told me one time, they said, why, why are you running? I said, mean I'm trying to help the community. It was like the people that you think gonna vote for, you know what we call them? I said, no, nah, what you call them? We call them hobbits. I said, hobbits? You know, I'm like, a hobbit, what's a hobbit? Oh, people that sit in their little hole and say they are gonna come out and vote and they never come out and vote. So yeah. basically you talking about people that live in low housing. Yeah. So exactly. you a politician. This is what you think about the people in the community that don't really have much. Yeah. So well, that's crazy. Yeah. That's and- crazy for you even say that to me. And, and, and these are the people, yeah, these are the people I'm going after because I respect them and they respect me. I'm trying to get them to come out so that look, I can if I'm not if you vote for me and and, and, and you don't see any change, then hey, vote me out. I get it. Yeah. But give me a shot. That's all yeah, I they, was don't,
0: they don't want it. They don't want it like that, man. They 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 want people who come in there to play the same game, man. And so, but it's that t- game
1: ain't working. You are playing with people's lives. People, <laughs> you're
0: absolutely right. You're absolutely right. So it's a, it's a different approach that's gonna have to be taken. Um, we haven't really figured out what that is, right. but I think that being okay with creating a new game because there's no way. Like, I always tell people, even in this country, I'm like, we 400 years behind, right? So I'm like, it's no way you running track and they got a chance to run around a lap 400 times and you won't even jump in that race. You're going to be like, all right, you done? All right, let's start a new one now. Because right. I'm not jumping in. I already know I lost. So it's right. okay for us to start a new game and play a new really? game and we're going to start, I'm here, I'm here. Okay, you won. You know what? We lost. We're not going to sit here and try to see if we won a game that we 400 years behind. Right. Let's start this new game. And so everybody can't go. Everybody get right. to play. Some people that look like us can't go, but we gonna go and do it this way. And we not even gonna think about what happened before. We gonna start where we are right now. You know, in this community, this amount of people. So we dealing with 50 people, it could be 50,000, but we only got these 50 that's working. Well, y'all babies gonna learn. And so the next, when they have babies, they have babies in 10 years, then it will be 5,000. And 10 right. years, now it will be 50,000. And then we're gonna be living a different way. You're not gonna grow your, your your seeds where you see is already bad soil over there. You're just gonna keep putting them in there. Start fresh, even if you only got two seeds. they'll turn to twenty seeds, but we always want more. Like they'll buy Zuku clothes if you already have fifty million people sitting there talking about you. Right. It's the same quality a club. Right. It's not that it's bad clothes. They buy popularity. They're not buying. Right. They buy popularity. You know what I'm saying? So. We have to switch the narrative and, and start playing a different game. This is one of the reasons why, you know, I, I started this podcast, and the acronym is STARVE, which is Stand Tall and Reclaim Victory Every Day. Okay. Because a lot of people don't understand that we, it's a fight every day, but we got to sign up for that. Yeah. to Sign up for the fight. We get up in the fall most of the time. We let 10 days go by and not fight. Well, you can't let 10 seconds go by in a fight without fighting because you gonna be knocked out. You know, what I'm saying? <laughs> but you got to understand that you're in a fight. You're in a fight, and you've been fighting it a lot of times. It seemed like alone. You know what I'm saying? Huh? And and now you had You come to a point in your life where you're talking about making adjustments, making changes. Um, for me, I believe that it's just now you don't have to change anything. The change is who do I align myself with that right. understand what I've been doing that obviously works. It's just not popular. Right. <laughs> It's just right. as pretty, you know, but it actually works. And it who believes works. in the vision, and who's going to go go on and 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 help me take it to the next level? I think that's just where where you've come to at this point. You agree?
1: Right. No, I definitely agree. I mean, but then it's, it, it got to be somebody that. That's what I'm saying. You, you you try to get people involved and let them help, and then you got to let people know that my name is on here so oh. people do certain things because of who's doing it oh og running the league i'm getting in that league i got people that pay to get in my league and won't get in a free league that means yeah. a lot you will yeah. pay money to go to a league but i ain't putting my team in no free league because that free league probably ain't gonna be right yeah you know what i mean so that's what i like i've built that you know with people i've built relationship. I got people coming into this city that don't live here, that's not afraid to bring their team or their kids here to play in a league in the middle of the Central Ward across the street from a project, you know what I mean? In in the heart of an area where the riots took place, you know what I mean? So that says a lot. And for people not to see that, it's mind-boggling to me sometimes, but my passion doesn't allow it to bother me to the point where... I'm out of here. Cause I've had people say, yo, bring your league over here. I'm talking about to another city. Yeah. Yo, bring your camp over here. Nah, I'm from Nook, man. I'm I'm leaving in Nook. And sometimes I could I could get in my own way, but I know why I'm doing it. And you know what I'm yeah. saying? I'm not doing it. You know, financial gain is great. You know, if you could gain money financially, I'm not telling nobody don't take, don't get money, you know, but don't get it to, to lose who you are. Yeah, don't let it, you know what I'm saying. It's, it's a difference, you know what I mean. Standards
0: right. and and principles, you know what I'm saying. That, right. that a lot of people don't people have that. lost no those. More. Yeah, people lost those. So thinking about that acronym, stand tall and reclaim victory every day. What does that mean to you? Uh,
1: just stand on your principles, man. Standing tall means like, you know, no matter what comes your way, no, this is this is this is how I feel. This is what I'm gonna do and I'm going to stand on it. Like these people be saying I'm standing on business and I'll be like people run with words, man. <laughs> Cuz everybody said everybody ain't standing on business, you know yeah, what I mean? It's used, just it's just a good thing to say. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But that that to me means holding your ground and and, and just doing what you feel is right. I mean, without whatever other, what other people think about it or whatever, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like yeah. you got to have your own mind, man. You got to have your own mind. You got to be able to like Decipher who's who, like always running to people like, yo, we got to get together, man. We got to, we got to build, we got to bring people together. And I said, How you going to bring people together? He's like, nah, we're just going to have a meeting. So if you have a meeting, you open that meeting up to, to everybody. Everybody don't have the same common goal. Some people yeah. coming in there to see what's going on so they can report back to the next person. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You got to be selective of who you call. Okay. I'm going to bring three people in. We're going to have this meeting. And then those three go back to their community and talk to. Them. You can't bring everybody. Yeah, everybody don't have the same. They don't have the same common goal, and that's that's why I get stuck at. Like I just had a guy I saw in the post office. He was like, "Yo, I want to do something." I said, "Yeah, I got the league going on on the weekends on Springfield. Act. Yo, I'm gonna come down there and we are gonna kick it." He ain't come down there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you know, you just you see me and you just want to have a conversation. I ain't got no problem with that, but everybody can't come to the table, man.
0: And they want to see and they want to like some people I've learned, people don't know how to address you. And so they want to just say something, you know, just for the sake of saying something, just saying, hey, brother, how you doing? Shake your hand and keep it moving. They feel like they got to have something, you know, significant to say to you, you know, and it's more about them than it is you. Their insecurity or it is, you know, as opposed to just saying, yo, how you doing? You know, what I mean, keep it moving. You don't have to have all this other stuff. You know, I don't need to be, you know, pumped up. You know, I'm already pumped up. Right. I mean, and, I'm and, pumped up. and I'm not, that's, I
1: am I mean, people say I'm too humble. But yeah, like you just said, you don't got to pump me up. Like, I'm good. Like, accolades is great, but we still got work to do. You know what I'm saying? So, and then you'll meet a person or you see somebody and they say, oh, I've been looking for you. When they say that to me, I'm just like, God, oh, this motherfucker. He he's he yeah, playing games. Because yeah, because you I'm,
0: ain't hard to find.
1: I'm heavy on social media. I'm <laughs> at Central and I got a store. I, I'm yeah. not hard to find. If yeah. you were around in the summer, all you got to do is come on Spring for Live in the summertime. I'm there all day. Yeah, so you're not you're not really looking for me. But you know, like you said, that's people's insecurities and they just don't know how to approach you. So they got to come up with anything. But I mean, I'm approachable. People say I'm not approachable. I look mean and this and that. But. That's just because if I don't really know you, I and we were not raised that way, we were raised right. that way. You know, right. we
0: wasn't raised to be all up in everybody's face. Right. You know, when I right. went to South Carolina after, after I graduated, Weekway, it was kind of crazy because they speak to everybody. You know, down there, like you right. just everybody say hey, and you're like, oh, we had to get comfortable with that. You that know what I mean? But yeah. it's benefited me because even when I came back home, I would disarm individuals. Now we know not to stare at each other, but if I walked into a corner store. And I said, What's up to everybody in front of the store? It's like, All right, am I gonna act crazy to a person who just said, What's up to everybody? And it's <laughs> right. like, They're like, Oh, no, oh, nah, oh uh, are we good? Okay, and keep, keep it right. moving. And right. so that's a neutralizing, like, instead of you paying attention to who is that, oh, he said hi. He actually smiled when he said it. So, okay, right, so we learn those things. But at the end of the day, if they from North, they know what it is. You know right. what I'm saying? And so, no. That's not true. We all know how to navigate that space. And we come from that 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 era where it's just like we knew, we knew how to go into other places and move properly. So it's all excuses. So the last part of it is reclaiming victory every day. What did that part mean? To you?
1: Reclaiming victory every day. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I guess that means like just 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 doing doing the same thing, like reclaiming victory. Like you waking up every day and you just trying to, you know. Make sure everything is the same or or better. You know what yeah. I mean. Like it's all positive. It's not. It's not. Not negative. Like just moving yeah. forward, man. You know what I'm saying. Like just, just reclaiming victory. I mean, it says it for itself. It's yeah. like, you know, you're just trying to move forward, man, and and don't lose that 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 balance you have. You're tr- you're just moving forward. You're not trying to fall backwards.
0: Yeah, I, I always when I when we came up with this with the um acronym. It was off off of the fact that with that portion there, is like I said, understanding that we are in a fight. Every you know? day. And so every day when we get up, we could have had an amazing day yesterday. We could have got hit the lottery yesterday. And then something bad can happen. Right. The next day. And it was during COVID when we found out, you know, because I was putting I put together my third book. And um we were talking about morning morning motivation. That's the name of the book. Well, we're talking about consistent encouragement through a crisis. I said COVID is a crisis, but it's not the first crisis. Right. And it's damn sure not going to be the last crisis. Sure,
1: so man.
0: how do you stay motivated? And how do you reclaim your victory every day? Because if something, and you're talking about in business, something go wrong to somebody's business every damn day. You know what I mean? Somebody can literally yeah. not show up. You like, hey, you get a call. Hey, I ain't open up the store because I quit. <laughs> yeah, what happens to somebody all the time? You know what I'm saying? So, or somebody stealing out of the store, somebody did this at the store, or you can't get your shipment on time. Like (laughs) it's so much stuff that happens. And when we get in that mindset, we understand what that means. I think we can actually reclaim the victory every day because we're going to dwell on what's positive. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause you can handle that. Somebody didn't get their shipment before on a day you call the customers to say, hey, we got a delay. You take care of it tomorrow. We got this going on. And crisis averted, you don't have to be running away, tucking in, scared, hiding, you know what I'm saying? Like the the world is is out there for you and you can ride the wave, you know what I'm saying? Or go against the wave. But you dictate how you handle that wave one way or the other, don't let the wave dictate you. And so that's how we felt about that when we created it, man. But this has been amazing for me. This is actually my longest interview, but I was so happy to get on with you, bro, man. <laughs> like, and we going we're going definitely, and I'm not blowing no smoke up your ass. You know, I hit you last year when I was talking about starting my own team, because I saw you do it. And we've been talking back and forth ever since. So we're gonna continue doing this, man. You know, um, closing out, I want you to just give give some powerful words, whatever you want in your heart to anybody who wanna hear his hit his message and look at this video.
1: Uh, again, I mean, I just appreciate you having me on. You know, I, I love when people reach. I don't turn down no, no podcasts, no interviews because people need to hear a message, man. I mean, I think, uh, you know, a lot of people, especially in this day and ever have given up like yeah. I don't see the fight. Did I lose you?